Hello and welcome, welcome to the Backenders, bringing you all the ins and the outs from the great game, the great game of tennis. We cover each tennis slam. We're unafraid to slam tennis. And with me, physically with me in the studio is a man, a man who looks a lot less attractive in real life. It's Catters. Catters, you're here. Lightning, great to be with you. Happy New Year to you and our listeners and happy Novak. Yes. And what a brilliant few weeks the sport of tennis has had globally. And I can't wait to dissect it with you. I must declare from the outset, Lightning, a conflict of interest. I didn't fly all this way to record a low-rating podcast with you. The man himself, Novak Djokovic, rang me and asked me to dust off the public relations certificate from my degree at RMIT from the early zeros and get back in the game as the man himself's spin doctor. Right. So I am here on official duties, Lightning, and not to big up myself a little bit too much, but things have started off well as far as I understand. Okay. He was struggling a bit with the nuance of how to be embraced by the Australian public. Many yes. of you will be surprised that he is concerned what other people think of him. <laughs> And although his actions don't always suggest this, I told him, look, mate, become culturally sensitive. Be aware of what gets Aussies going and jump on that train. And once he wrote those four mixed metaphors down on a whiteboard and decoded what I was trying to tell him, we realized we were in a good place, Lightning, because obviously one of the first things I told him was Lego Masters, massive hit on Australian television, You've got the haircut. You're committed to the part. And then I showed him a headshot of Tanasi Kokonakis, a much-loved sporting hero on the Australian landscape, an up-and-comer, the big cock. And Novak has absolutely acted like a big cock the last three weeks. And haven't the Australians warmed to that? So he's read the script and he's playing his role beautifully at the moment. I think my work here is almost done. Oh I know it's a bold call when I've only been in the country for less than 36 hours, yeah. but things are on the up, Lightning. I, well, I suppose that was the details I wanted to drill down on, Kat, as you've been en route to Australia for the last couple of days and perhaps may not be aware of what's been happening these last couple of days. Are you aware of the nuances of where we're at with Novak? I'm aware that Novak uh, has had his challenges in entering the country. And, Lightning, you have to put this in perspective. We had a great plan in place. We had the, call him the Trojan redneck, namely Tennis Sengren, who we were rolling out to enter the country just ahead of Novak and garner some attention. (laughs) The fact that he's an outspoken anti-vaxxer, the fact that he has some politically motivated tweets, the fact that you're only allowed to bring one litre of alcohol into the country, and I'm pretty sure he had more bourbon in his gut, Um, and the fact that he soiled himself upon entry. And it clearly states one can't bring any foreign soil into the country. So tennis was a lightning rod for Border Force as we'd planned it. And we were expecting... Novak to tiptoe his way through the side door. (laughs) 
I'm guessing that's what happened. No, I, I assume the theory was that whilst they'd be confiscating all of Tennis's guns, <laughs> Novak could kind of make a dash for it. That That's not what happened. So, Lightning, what I'm hearing from you is that there are maybe some complexities lying below the surface. Yeah, I mean, to use a, an Aussie colloquialism, there's been a few snags, <laughs> Catters. Okay. Uh, any chance you can uh, point me in the direction of this Impending shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> I can, Catters. I'll uh, I'll just need your next three weeks in order to explain and digest what we have been through. Catters, if you had have asked me that question on any hour of any minute of any second over the last three days, the story would have changed, Catters. So much mm. has happened in this shitstorm, as you say. And I'm not just talking to Tennis Sangren's entry into the country. <laughs> But indeed, Novak's himself. I wonder if it's worth me giving you a pricey, an overview of what has gone down. Yeah, if it helps fill 40 minutes of content, <laughs> you're more than welcome to. <laughs> Thought you'd never ask lightning. <laughs> the story of Novak Catters looks like this. Way back in December, Novak Djokovic applied for an exemption knowing that the definition of an exemption is the state of being free from an obligation or liability imposed on others, the Joker said, that's pretty much the state I live in. I'm living a COVID breathing exemption. Novak then had to submit his case for exemption before two independent panels, both of which determined, and I have the report here, that Novak is very rich and influential. We believe the Joker was asked to present his case and just assumed he was asked to present a briefcase filled with wads of cash. Upon arriving in Australia, Djokovic was detained after it was believed he had smuggled large amounts of cocaine under his haircut. <laughs> Whilst this proved to be false, he was nonetheless detained on the grounds that he failed to provide appropriate evidence to meet the entry requirements to Australia and was a bit of a nuffy. His visa was subsequently cancelled. Djokovic was detained in an immigration detention facility alongside refugees who'd clearly suffered enough. Here, his legal team desperately went about determining their best course of action. An initial idea was considered, that of breaking out of detention and entering the Australian Open in disguise, masking as a likeable tennis player and respectful citizen. He was sent to court, I believe it was Margaret Court, and she <laughs> quite liked the idea of blokes walking around not wanting to be jabbed. <laughs> in the hearing, we find out that Joker has had COVID within the last six months, meaning he's now contracted it twice. Often, of course, COVID affects the sense of taste and smell. In Joker's case, it totally eradicated his sense of common sense. <laughs> One positive, however, of contracting it twice was that he developed an immunity to common decency and to respecting public sentiment. Extraordinary events then followed when Immigration Minister Alex Hawke subsequently ruled Djokovic's visa was to be revoked. So, essentially, it was sent upstairs and Hawkeye ruled Joker <laughs> as out. And Katters, that's where we find ourselves today. Wow, Lightning. There's a lot of minutiae and details and nuances that I perhaps had overlooked as I was watching Scream 4 and sinking my seventh bintang over <laughs> Indonesia. But he doesn't pay me for those hours, so I don't feel guilty about it. But what you're telling me, Lightning, is 
on paper, it's going to be an uphill battle mm. for my client to ever see the light of day. Yes. Oh, well, bye. <laughs> no, but surely, Lightning, the Australian public have warmed to the plight of the underdog <laughs> fighting town hall in search of a better life and a record 10th Australian Open title. <laughs> What say the Australian public lightning? I can only presume you've polled at least eighty percent of them. I uh, it, it, it's fair to say, Catters, that ninety-seven men's tennis players out of the top one hundred are fully vaccinated, two of which being Tennis Sengren and Djokovic, not being vaccinated. So ninety-seven percent of men's tennis players in the top one hundred. It's fair to say that's about the same percentage of people who think he should be turfed on his ass back through Indonesia and. <laughs> A pile of bintang bottles. Lightning, uh, I hear your point, and I don't want to distract from the central issue here. But out of curiosity, who is that third player that hasn't been jabbed? <laughs> could it be Sasha Shame? <laughs> we know he's a giant prick, but that could be part of the bait and switch media story that man's trying to tell and Sasha if you're listening I am available for representation <laughs> and if your last 24 months has anything to say about it heaven knows you need me so I'm curious to know I mean obviously for some players it's easier you've got Dominic team whoa 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 Catters I'm hearing a lot of words I know that's your, your gig yes but Catters you've heard the facts you've heard the info you've heard when Novak's out what I want to know is what's your approach now What's Spin Doctor do with Novak now that he's been detained again? Yeah, Lightning, I can hear from your feedback and we have heard from the Australian people and we have listened. Uh, snap out of it. Sorry, sorry. It's just very hard to shake. Old habits. And we are sorry to have put those toxic waste chemicals in your water for 25 years. People of insert community here. No, Lightning, we have pivoted. And by that, I mean... We tried the first line of approach, the friendly line, the break bread line, the friendly, approachable, humble line. And I say to that, we're not breaking bread, we're breaking arms lightning. It's time to turn things around and it's Novak, Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> and we've managed to convince the man himself that he needs to not care what people think. He needs to negotiate hard. He needs to be less self-aware. And this new policy of Novak Mr. Nice Guy has already attracted a veritable bevy of new sponsors that we were not expecting. Right. We have Shell, ExxonMobil. We have Enron, the Church of Scientology. I mean, <laughs> Philip Morris, Benson and Hedges, all of these amazing corporations with strong values have come out of the woodwork and decided they want a piece of sponsorship on Novak's shirt. It's weighing down with the amount of sponsor. I could keep going, Lightning. Just to validate my point, uh, which I love to do on occasions, just to remind myself I'm on the right track. Uh, a group of poachers in Zimbabwe have offered to donate ivory to this cause. And so you're about to see Mr. Djokovic himself sporting a very fetching headpiece when he attends Melbourne Park next week. Full, naturally sourced devil horns. And we've tried humble. We've tried kindness. It's not the brand lightning. 
And speaking of brands, I mean, another one, Amazon have approached us. They've got a huge sponsorship on the back of the shirt. And that's not the global delivery company. That is the tractor company working its way through the rainforest as we speak. And so they've all surprised us with their willingness to embrace our brand values. I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. Cutters, it's January 2022. The Australian Open's about to start. I'm going to put our differences behind us and your ethically questionable PR work with our friend Novak to focus on something that you and I are both mutually excited about, the Australian Open. We're here in Melbourne for it, Cutters. It's about to start. We're on the doorstep of it. You must be pumped to actually be in the country that it's being put on. On What are you most excited about? Well, Lightning, taking my PR hat off for a moment and pushing my employer aside, I'm excited about Novak Djokovic gracing us with his presence this coming fortnight. How often do you get to see history made lightning? 10 Australian Opens is what this man is going for and 21 Grand Slam titles, which would be the most by any male tennis player. Lightning, this is fantastic. Where were you when Michael Jordan's Bulls won their sixth championship? Where were you when... Angry Anderson rode his Batmobile across the wing of Waverley Park. Where were you when my grandmother died in 1995? I really needed you. (laughs) So you remember these things, Lightning. Mm -hmm. And speaking of mourning, most of those chump critics, naysayers, losers, who've been criticizing my friend slash employer Novak Djokovic are going to eat their words when they see this man standing on the podium, I don't think, I mean, standing ovation doesn't cover it. What does it mean for everyone in a state to stand? Stadium is one thing, that's great. What does it look like when a region of a whole nation eats communal humble pie lightning? That can't be a good COVID setup there. I wouldn't be worrying about one unvaccinated serve rocking around. So it's really about weighing up What is the lesser of two evils? And that is actually the motto of our new company. New Novak, the lesser of two evils. Lightning, what are you excited about? Cutters, for me, it is, strangely enough, the complete reverse. For me, I love the idea that this goat, the greatest of all time, on his way charging towards 25, 26, 29, 35, who knows where it was going to end. It didn't look as though we could stop the man six months ago. Mm. We were talking golden slams. Now these three wonders, Nadal, Federer and Djokovic, trapped on 20, the only way seemingly to stop this bloke was to find a way to employ Federer as your border force director (laughs) and not even let him into the country that the slam was being contested in. I mean, this is one of the great sporting stories. I am so excited to see him hauled from about the semi-final stage when he is within touching distance of 21 and border force marching in like the Dementors in Harry Potter and just sucking him off the court, wisping him away, putting him in a giant hearse 
and taking him and his career, perhaps not a hearse, maybe let's make it more novel, put him in a Mr. Weepy van, let's put on green sleeves and play him out. We can organise an ivory hearse. Okay. Uh, I have some hookups. Okay, good. And rebrand. Let's rebrand Novak and the funeral industry. And I've got, I feel for the bloke. Mm. He has been put through the ringer. He's been treated appallingly. There's no doubt about that. But for me, the story's too enticing. <laughs> I, I've, I'm sorry, Novak, but I've just got to boot you out of my country because you'd never do this. You never boot Argentina out of the World Cup when they're about to win. You don't boot Muhammad Ali. You don't rob him of going for his final title fight. You don't prevent Ayrton Senna going from breaking the... You know, you don't pluck the red wiggle out when he's about to perform. You don't take people out of their prime in their sport at the highest peak of the mountain. And yet we're doing it, Catters. We're doing it. What a story. I 100% hear you, Lightning. Uh, Ed and Senna was probably a bad example. <laughs> Not of the best taste, but I can only presume that's because you've got COVID and can't taste anything at all. <laughs> I'm glad we're sharing this two by two square meter <laughs> phone booth to record this podcast in. Uh, you raised some good points, Lightning, and probably the main one that you didn't raise, of course, you know, some people were researching hard between Christmas and New Year. Others were spending it with loved ones. But Novak could receive not just a six-month ban, a 12-month ban. It's looking like a three-year yes. ban, which I just think is unbelievable to consider that his most bankable Grand Slam yes. could be out the window. Yeah. And I also absolutely give you props for showmanship. You're barracking for the story, and I love the idea that Novak is allowed to go deep into the tournament. And similar to that lines person's vocal cords, his hope will be crushed at the final hurdle, and I think it'll be poetic justice, my friend. Every time I have a bagel, I'm just trying. Before the match, I'm just thinking, okay, today I better don't eat the bagel today. Cutters on the dawn of an open, a new slam. The first slam of 2022, we look at those who we expect will impress us. Grab us, become the next great Fed will fed up and, of course, those who will poo down, those who have disappointed and should be flushed away like the turd they are. Catters, who is your fed up and poo down? Lightning, my fed up is Gail Monfils, who is a player who, much like yourself, has underperformed in life, one could say, the last few years <laughs> and let down a lot of people who were really, really banking on them coming through. Um, but... Unlike you, Lightning, he's managed to redeem himself in the last few days by winning the Adelaide International. And look, let's be honest, he's not really my fed up. My fed up is the trophy he received. Right. As you know, I am a massive trophy freak. Those that are fans of Instagram will have noted that I've posted many an ugly trophy over the years. <laughs> Giant vases, pirate ships. You name it. Charcoal koalas. <laughs> charcoal koalas, one of our favorites. And our friend Gail received what can only be described as a giant penis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it, Lightning. <laughs> God knows I've tried. What would you be treating by sugarcoating it, Catters? <laughs> Lightning, moving along, all that you need to know is that it is gigantic mm. and the, the trophy. The trophy is right. very big. Okay. And he looked around quite smugly. Like, 
there'd been some sort of plaster of Paris mold taken as part of the entry requirement for the tournament, which was validated by the runner-up Karen Hatchinoff, who received a matching yet dramatically smaller <laughs> penis. It's not your fault. You're just white trash. So they couldn't help but smirk at each other as their manhood was laid bare to the Adelaide public, all seven of them that attended that tournament. Well, it's not often, Catters, that the pre-match photograph has a nude artist there to draw some sketches. <laughs> and I can only assume a belated wedding present for his new wife, Alina Svitolina. <laughs> his trophy wife, I believe. <laughs> How appropriate. And lightening my poo down is... Tournaments that are not the Australian Open. Oh, okay. For a long time, I've had a problem with these mediocre tournaments mm. lurking about the calendar, wooing my players away from what really matters, which is the Australian Open. And so what really annoys me about these tournaments is that they've been giving away cups to everyone. Everyone gets yeah. a cup. More cups than a tea house lighting. It's redonkulous. <laughs> and seriously... You've got the ATP Cup. I don't even know what that's about. Yeah. You've got the Davis Cup. Haven't cared about that since Australia won it in the late 1920s. <laughs> and finally, Lightning, you've got the Billie Jean Cup. Of course. Which, don't try and put lipstick on a pig. It is the Federation <laughs> Cup, Lightning, which you and I have gone out of our way to disown for many a decade. And rebranding ain't going to help you. So I just don't like that in the off-season. And let's face it, for us... Post-US Open is a chance to recuperate, spend some time with loved ones, yeah. and count our lucrative podcast sponsorship dollars. So, Lightning, it's kind of annoyed me a bit that all of these irrelevant cups have been going on. Mm. But possibly what is annoying me even more is the fact that tournaments have given up on how they name themselves these days. Mm. As a PR man, that must frustrate the heck out of me. Nothing irks me more. Mm. This really gets my goat more than Border Force <laughs> has in the last <laughs> five to six days. And Lightning, last year we had a great example of Australian innovation, big picture thinking, mm. outside the box, and they name their tournaments after flora and fauna and... Fat wombats and what else do they have? Lightning? <laughs> Abstract yeah. redneck towns. Oh, exactly. Um, Everything. And um, yeah, I'll f*** with the Lamington Open. I don't care. <laughs> so there was innovation lightning. This year, let's wave a collective flag. And it's not the Australian. It's white lightning because they have given up on life. You've got Adelaide International 1, Adelaide International 2. You've got Sydney International You've got Brisbane International, ironically played in Sydney. They switched them up this year, which was a nice touch. <laughs> Confused the hell out of quite a few players looking for the bridge. Back a few in taxis <laughs> driving around, very pissed off. But Lightning, you then go to Melbourne. Melbourne, Somerset 1, Melbourne, Somerset 2. Is it in Melbourne? Is it in Somerset? I don't know. What about the third? Melbourne, Summer Love and Have Me a Blast? I mean, take yourself serious. Well, Alf Stewart took out Summer Bay 3, actually. <laughs> and this is the thing, Lightning. Alf Stewart would have looked at home in half of these draws, Lightning. It was like playing a computer game. Oh, you lose Adelaide International 1? Okay, restart the level. Adelaide International 2. Plenty of players just shanking left, right and centre. Why don't they just be honest and name it Warm Up 
one, warm up two, all the way through to ten. And they throw a dart at a map. And I don't care if Kalgoorlie doesn't have a freaking tennis court. You can string a line between two cacti and burn some calories off in the Simpson Desert for all I care. Yes, I know my geography's gone to the dog since I've moved to the North Pole. <laughs> but I don't give a golden crap what's going on in these warm-up tournaments, Lightning. What's your fed up? Kat, is my fed up is uh, more on brand, and that is about a tennis player. Okay. And his name is Tanasi Kokonakis. We have featured the big cock a lot on our podcast. We are big, big fans, as Gail Monfils is now after <laughs> receiving his trophy. And the reason we're such big fans is he's an exceptional talent. He's Australian and he has had a horrific few years of injuries, tripping over signage. <laughs> I mean... Admittedly, the prize money he missed out on was offset by the winnings from Australia's Funniest Home Videos for the last five years in a row. So we'd like to acknowledge that winning streak, Sir Novak. <laughs> exactly. But there's only so much you can do with six Sony Handycams. <laughs> so he's grateful to be back on the tennis court doing what he loves doing. And that, of course, is winning cutters. He reached the semifinals of Adelaide International 1. He then, a week later, entered... I believe it was two hours later, Lightning, <laughs> and on an adjacent court. <laughs> he was actually playing both courts, one in the left hand and one the right. It's called hedging your bets, and only in Australia's warm-up tournament landscape can one do that. I believe he was also competing in totem tennis at the local <laughs> Glenelg Cafe. It's the old around the world, local tennis clubs put on for the kiddies where you run laps around courts. and Everyone uh, wins a giant donger. <laughs> so he looked at the dartboard, end of the day, found he'd reached the semis in one and he'd indeed taken out one of the other internationals only a day or so ago, making it his first ATP to a win. So the cock and Arcus, the big cock, he's coming. He's coming to a, an Australian Open near you. Yeah, you're doing okay over there, PR man. You've got. <laughs> You've always had a way with words and uh, rarely good, but this was astonishing. This was a wayward way with words. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. No, I totally agree, Lightning. I mm. didn't want to step on your analytical toes there, Lightning, but um, yeah, I particularly like the way you dissected his, his mm. game. High analytics. Uh, I didn't get much past the KOK in his surname. Um, <laughs> however, I am led to believe he's a tennis player, so I'm going to continue with him. And Cutter's my poo down is the draw, but more specifically, the draw for our Australian champions, mm. of which the Australian Open always breeds a whole host of them that just fly through the tournament, left, right and centre, making second, third, fourth, fifth rounds. Uh, second, third, fourth rounds. Uh, no, I'm not editing that out, Lightning. You've shown your true colours. You are one of those first week watchers, as I dub you with a hashtag on Instagram. Nothing worse than a first week watcher. You, just like Tim Henman, didn't know that a second week of a tournament even existed. Yes, I confess that much like most of these Australian players, I would be deferring to chump warm-up tournament six <laughs> after a, a second round loss. But yes, as an Australian supporter, well, I don't know what happens after the fourth round, but those first four rounds cutters are littered with Aussie guns, battlers, champions, yes. chomping at the bit to win their once-in-a-year match. Yes. But cutters, this year 
the draw for every single Australian. It has to be rigged. This has to be backlash from Craig Tiley and Tennis Australia, frustrated at how the Djokovic things played out. They are taking it out on our Australians. Let me show you some of these fantastic tennis players. Tom Lanovich, first round, Cops ninth seed Bedosa. Storm Sanders, Cops Sabalenka, world number two. Daria Saville, she Cops number seven, Iga Schwantek, second round. Madison Inglis, she Cops US Open runner-up, Layla Fernandez. Priscilla Hon, Cops von Drusheva. Sam Stoza is the one who is not playing a seed in either the first or second round. The problem for Sam Stoza is she's playing an opponent, which <laughs> drastically reduces her chances. But you'd think it would be a stroke of luck to be slated to play Robin Anderson at world number 178. However, Robin Anderson still ranks 200 places higher than the currently 480 ranked Sam Stoza. So, of course, if Sam does get past her in a kind of post-Christmas miracle, 10th seed Anastasia Pavelchenkova awaits her. So, Katters, it is just extraordinary. But on the men's side, it's the same. John, the man who mills man Milman, cops Sasha Zvarev second round. Kyrgios cops Medvedev in the second round. Kokonakis Cops Nadal in the second round. Every single Aussie, Jordan Thompson, James Duckworth, Chris O'Donnell. Cutters, you name an Australian tennis player and they are... Oh, sorry, I, I thought you actually wanted me to name an Australian tennis no. player. My uh, heart rate went up. <laughs> but thank you for reminding me of a few of them that will soon be on their merry way back to Andrew Illy's house for a commiserating barbecue. <laughs> I'll give you the racket and we'll no, see, how many no. times, see how many times you can return your serve also. No, but you're, you're a professional tennis player. I'm not. Okay. Lightning, it's now time for our rarely frequented segment, The Wild Card, mm -hmm. where we pull out a trivia tidbit from the wonderful world of tennis. And this particular wild card belongs to none other than the man in the hat, Poncho Gonzalez. Oh. One of our loyal listeners, Marta, alerted me to a phenomenal fact about the man that you and I have loved for a long time. Wow. But have never really understood. He was a misunderstood man, Lightning, mainly because the time taken to Google search him was never warranted. But Marta has chimed in by letting me know that Poncho Gonzalez, prior to his death, married none other than Rita, who is the elder sister of Andre Agassi. No. Rita's father, Mike Agassi, who we all know from Andre's book, Open, hated Gonzalez so much that he considered having him killed. <laughs> Gonzalez had actually coached a young Rita until the age at which she rebelled against her father and chose to, on the 31st of March, 1984, marry the much older Gonzalez. This was Poncho's sixth wife. Oh, which I believe constitutes a set. <laughs> It's game set and hopefully a good match. Poncho Gonzalez. So Poncho the Pimp started his feud years earlier with Mike Agassi, Andre's father, who was already a tennis fanatic, where Agassi was serving as a linesman for one of Poncho's professional matches. During that match, Gonzalez was extremely vocal 
and abusive in criticizing Agassi's perceived miscalls to the point where Agassi walked off the court and sat in the stands for the remainder of the match. <laughs> so for a wonderful way to meet your future father-in-law, I salute thee, Poncho Gonzalez. <laughs> Please don't patronise me. I, I would have. No, no, you are. In, in the way I'm you're asking, in the way you're asking your question, you are being quite disrespectful, and you are patronising me. I'm a professional competitor who did her best today. Catters, it is time to wrap this bad boy up, and we do so through our predictions. As the tournament awaits, who is your prediction for this year's Open? Well, Lightning for the women's, I am getting behind Paula Bedosa. The Raging Bull from Spain. She is something else, I tell you. A lot of listeners won't have heard of her before, and that's because they're ignorant. Mm. And to that I say, why are you racist against Spaniards? They haven't done anything to you other than provide ethical bullfighting for many, many centuries. So for the men's, I'm going for the Russian assassin, the Medvedevil. Daniil Medvedev, I feel like he is primed to go to the next level this season. By next level, uh, I assume you mean moving from number two to number one? (laughs) It's a bold prediction, Lightning. (laughs) Not a whole lot of levels left. I don't think there's many potential gamblers hanging on every word, Lightning. (laughs) Put it that way. And for my dark horses, little wink out there to all of you looking at the odds, Akuna Matova. Really? What a wonderful player. She means no forehand. She's a wonderful player and she has been playing really well. I believe she got to the final of Summer Love and Have Me a Blast. (laughs) I believe when she won a previous title, they actually had the Lion King theme music and she lifted it like Simba (laughs) uh, above Pride Rock. Uh, incredible a, moment. Mahama, himma, himma, Stirring scenes. And for the men's lightning, I'm going for a man who is riding the wave of the Mojo trophy that he received in Adelaide, and that is Gail Monfils. He has the power of the stick, and he's not going to be afraid to use it. <laughs> lightning, who's your tip? Cutters for this year's Open, I am back on the Barty bus. The Barty bus that exploded in our last episode. Uh, There's been some running repairs. Uh, They've seen a mechanic. They have navigated the Iraqi hills that they were shot down in. And uh, I'm back on it. It is running smoothly. She's already taken out the Adelaide International. It was actually the first one before Tomic took out the Adelaide International 36. Uh, in the parking lot. In the parking <laughs> exactly. She is running hot. She, in fact, made the final and took out the doubles as well. So you, you cannot stop. People still play that? Yes. Doubles in totem tennis. Okay. And uh, it was incredible scenes. Yeah. Incredible scenes. And for me, the men cutters, I think it's time. I think it's time that Sasha Zvarev... <sighs> takes out a grand slam in the absence, the likely absence of Novak Djokovic, the left-handed Spaniard that is Rafael Nadal on one leg, I think he's going to sneak through. Could you imagine a world in which Sasha Zvarev takes out the Australian Open? Lightning, I have not flown all the way from (laughs) Santa's workshop to have Sasha Shame leave my hometown with 
any silverware other than the cutlery set he nicked from the Hilton Hotel <laughs> as they laid him out on his ass midway through the first week. Of course, I'm predicting someone who has never yet beaten a top 10 player at a slam to win the thing, but with the field as it is, he may not have to cop one until the very final. <laughs> That's true. So is that what you call taking your game to the next level, Lightning? <laughs> I've never really understood these hot predictions. <laughs> Cutters, for me, my dark horse is a tricky one on the women's side because the field is so legitimately open. It is so – you could throw a blanket over the top 30 women in this field, Cutters. I would love to. Half of them have a face that a mother could only love. <laughs> but the WTA have a policy about these things, Lightning. I have written many a choicely worded email over the years. <laughs> That is a very harsh takedown of the women's side when, well, it's fair to say my prediction is I wouldn't consider an oil painting the <laughs> the man-child that is uh, Rublev, the yes. man buried under a fistful of hair. And I reckon, Cutters, of course, you and I are recording this podcast prior to the hearing for Novak Djokovic going ahead. It could well be that he is moved up in the draw from fifth to take Novak Djokovic's first place. So he could find himself moving to the vacant first seed, space. So the Australian Open is looking very much like that for the man-child. <laughs> Less so for our friend Novak, who is not a big fan of even the branding of Australian Open. But Kat, is, you've thrown me a little off course and not for the first time tonight. I want to go back to those 30 women uh, currently lying under a blanket, thanks to your takedown. Uh, for me, my the reason it's so hard to pick a dark horse in the women's side is the field is so wide open. Mm. You could comfortably pick a, as a favourite someone ranked anywhere from 1 to 40, such as the, the strength of the women's field. So you could almost say a favourite is almost as, as much a dark horse as it is a favourite. However, I'll pluck one, and that is Maria Zachary, an up-and-comer, mm. strong, powerful woman. I reckon she is due to take this Australian Open out. Another segment, Catters. We've had a whole range at this point. What are we looking for in this year's Australian Open? Well, Lightning, I thought we could do a slightly different category, and that would be the carousel horse. Oh. So the spinning horse. Who are the players that have best spun their way out of a press conference? Oh, they spin gosh. the truth. They spin the facts. They spin what they saw on court versus what we saw on court. Mm. So I will be watching with bated breath to see who are those players that have caught my eye as potential PR spin doctors. I think that will be a great segment. Good. So we will announce in later podcast episodes who the carousel horse shall be. Well, time for us to leave you and allow you to enjoy the fruits of week one of the Australian Open. We will return at the midway point to offer our update episode in just a week's time to check in on the action the carousel horses and of course our predictions but until then please make sure you spread the word invite others into the backhanders experience either through listening but also through instagram and facebook through the handle of the backhanders but until we meet you again if you are preparing for a major tournament but find yourself distracted by battles with Tennis federations, national governments, and science. Well, just remember to be quiet, please. <laughs>